What is your giftedness? I have found in conversations with people that a lot of stuff is compacted down into us and that for good reasons, we haven't let a, a, a wonderful side of how God made us to flourish. Here, Paul wants to invite people out of the corners of the community and to lift up the fact that each of us have a gift. This is Four People with Bishop Rob Wright. Welcome to Four People with Bishop Rob Wright. I'm Melissa Rao, your host, and this is a conversation inspired by Bishop Wright's Four Faith weekly devotion sent out every Friday. You can find a link to this week's Four Faith and a link to subscribe in the episode's description. Hey, Bishop. Hey. Good <laughs> to see week, you. It's good to see you. Uh, this week's devotion is called Body, and you highlight the themes of division and unity uh, inspired by 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 through 31a. You mention interdependence being the healthiest state of being. And I'm wondering if you can unpack the concept of interdependence for us a bit. Yeah, sure. Well, I mean, first of all, you know, we get this language from the Apostle Paul, right? Um, this notion of body, and he uses it as a guiding image for uh us as members of uh, of the family of Christ, as the baptized members. He says that we are diverse in gifts, uh, and yet we are, and all of those uh, diverse gifts are equal in dignity. Uh, they're all important, all uh, necessary for the high functioning uh, and the health of the body. I mean, it's a, it's a wonderful image uh, that he gives us. And so like our human like our biology. I mean, you know, uh, does the kidney get to say to the spleen and does the uh, pituitary gland get to say to the ear, you know, uh, I'm above you, et cetera. No, the truth of the matter is, is that when we're well, when we're healthy, all of these uh, organs, all of these functions are, uh, are, are whole uh, and well, and, uh, and that increases the, the overall health of everything. And so it's just a beautiful image that he brings forward to us and he's speaking to a particular group who was given to uh, to hubris, to hierarchy, you know. Uh, and so, uh, you know, and this is all, of course, on the way to 1 Corinthians 13, which is all about love. And so he's, he's, he's trying to help us understand that um, we need each other. And I think you couldn't get a, a better message these days uh, than a message of radical interdependence. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to read these words and then not admit that the church hasn't done unity well since the church was the church. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and I'm wondering if you have any examples of how the church and or the people of God might get it right. Yeah, well, good Lord, if I could solve that, we, we'd, really, <laughs> we'd really be on our way, wouldn't we? That'd be better than winning the Powerball. Can't quite solve that, but I think uh, our our predilection uh, – uh, to uh, fraction, um, to fragmentalizing something that God sees as whole is proof positive that we are sinners. And by sinners, I mean uh, not people condemned, not people who need to sort of uh, eat a steady diet of shame or guilt. I'm saying we have this built-in, bundled-in feature that cause us to miss uh, and we haven't given up superiority or separateness. 
uh, and we are really prone to sort of uh, one-upping each other, uh, stepping on each other. Um, my uh, elevation uh, to, uh, you know, at your expense. That's, that's sort of the way that we live. And so the church was founded, um, you know, to, to try to offer an alternative. And so uh, all of the myriad ways in which we uh, have broken Christ's initial vision into parts only proved to me how much we really need Christ. Um, you know, this is, a, this is one of the, the, the first Christian communion, communities uh, Corinth, and already this is where Paul is. Uh, so it just it just proves that this is a nagging, chronic thing uh, in the human condition, and that the church is not exempt. Um, you know, the good news here is is that beyond image and idea, you know, we believe that we have the Holy Spirit, which enables us and grows us up, is what Paul will say in the next chapter, so that we can begin to fend off the temptation. To, to say to one another, I am more valu- uh, valuable than the, uh, than the other uh, member of the body. <laughs> You've heard that adage, everybody, everybody has an asshole. Uh, yes, <laughs> I've, I've heard just, that. I just had to highlight that. All right. Well, here's, here's that's a biological <laughs> fact. So I suppose <laughs> that's, right. that's appropriate. Right. Bishop, I have to admit that sometimes uh, like this concept is a hard one for me to grasp. Of I mean, course. Sure. I get it. I do. Yeah. I understand it. Yet, it's so hard to live into, especially when there's so much injustice in the world. Like it's hard not to condemn and cut off people who seem to do nothing but drag the one body down with their seemingly ignorant, greedy, or selfish ways. And especially when they use the seat of the church to endorse their nefarious agendas. Oh Lord. Yes, and so right. I'm wondering if you have any advice for those circumstances. No advice, uh, but I, but I think that uh, one of the things that is is prudent to do as we begin to think about this is to start with ourselves, and uh, you know we can start thinking about Washington D.C. or we can start thinking about uh, international relations. We can do all of that, and, and those are important conversations. But I think you know Paul was uh, was offering this image and this idea to a small community. And I think that, you know, this is one of the, the, the opportunities that exists with church communities and even uh, small fellowship groups of believers. And that, and that is, let us try to practice this together, right? Uh, it's, it's sort of uh, ridiculous in some ways to expect these uh, larger groups to try to pull this off if you and I are not practicing this at home, in our family system, and in our small groups. I mean, you know, one has to really interrogate oneself and ask and, and ask oneself, you know, uh, how am I a part of the problem here? And and, and that is not really to be, uh, I'm not trying to be, uh, you know, pointed at anybody in particular, but I, I'm saying this is part of the inward journey that leads to the outward journey, which begins to actually resemble what Christ said. And so the inward journey is, is that in what way am I bringing a certain amount of arrogance uh, or dysfunction to the body, Right. And, uh, you know, here's a, here's a, a, a real sort of simple example. Um, I, I realize I'm an African-American uh, man, and I realize that one of the ways in which uh, I was socialized uh, was uh, always to be in com- competition or antagonistic uh, to others, a, a one-upsmanship. And certainly African-American men don't have, a, they don't own the patent to that. I mean, that's just, that's a way to be, we learn this in the playground, et cetera. And, and then I don't know 
what occurred to me one day, but then I, I, I made a shift and I started to think in terms of how can I compliment others and how can I find something uh, worthy of celebrating? And, and, and that became a funk, you know, that became a bit of a spiritual discipline for me. Uh, it was to be able to, to acknowledge uh, that, that others uh, have gifts and that I see those gifts and that those gifts are uh, a wonderful part uh, of the whole. Uh, I'm not saying this is any, uh, any, any exemplary uh, icon of all of this. I'm simply saying it's as simple as that. Uh, of being able to acknowledge the fact that other people bring gifts, capacities, talents to situations that you and I don't have. And I think that's the other part of it is, to, is we have to be able to acknowledge where we're deficient so as to make room for other people's gifts. I, I, if you want a party to go horribly bad, allow me to plan it. Allow me to plan the menu, right? <laughs> allow me to set the date. That's just not my thing, right? I mean, can I do it in a pinch? Sure. Have I done it in a pinch? Sure. But then there are other people whose energy just spikes when they get a chance to provide a hospitality opportunity, to do a celebration, to lead a party. I mean, and I just love those people. You know, do you want, you know, if you want to have a, a total uh, gigantic flop, you know, ask me to 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 think creatively about a, a party game or or something like that. And it'll just be abysmal. It'll be awful. And you've got to just acknowledge. I mean, I'm being cute here, but you've got to acknowledge your own deficiencies. These are gifts I do not have. These are gifts I do not have. But there are members of the body that have these gifts. And so, what is really exciting for me is is when I'm doing my thing and other people are doing their thing alongside of me, et cetera, et cetera. And somehow, you know, we're a wonderful whole. Dr. King used to always use an example of jangling discord, uh, moving into beautiful symphony. And beautiful symphony is created when I don't play your part and you don't play my part and we don't try to tell the conductor what to do. But if you're the oboe and I'm the viola, et cetera, et cetera, then that's when it's beautiful. And, and so I think the next movement we've got to make is to stand secure in the gifts that we actually do have and to humbly admit the gifts we don't have, right? And then to not bring jealousy or contempt or hatred to people who have gifts that we would love to have, right? Right. So we don't have to covet. So we're really talking about spiritual maturity here. This is all of what Paul is saying. And when we can do this, we grow up because that's his next chapter, grow up. When we do this, we grow up. And when we grow up and play the gift and the instrument that we uh, genuinely sort of excel at, then others have space to let their gifts shine. All right, listeners, we'll be right back after a short break. Hi, listeners. This is your producer, Easton Davis, thanking you for listening to Four People. The beautiful music you're hearing is from the latest Imagine Church, an online worshiping community, and you're invited. Worship with us this Sunday at 7 p.m. ET. You can find a link to worship in the episode description or simply search Imagine Church on Instagram or Facebook. And now back to Four People. Welcome back to Four People. Bishop, before we just broke, you were talking about uh, gifts, spiritual gifts, and humbling oneself to be able to not be jealous of other gifts, et cetera, et cetera. And I also wonder, what about loving someone or being united with people 
to be able to see the gifts of others, maybe like humbling ourselves and actually recognize the gifts that others are bringing to the table. Because I imagine everyone has gifts. God's given gifts to everyone. And so I'm wondering what you might think of, of the world when people are able to get out of their own way to see the gifts that other people are bringing, what that might look like. Well, you know, I think this is the, the other thing that's implicit in this conversation from the Apostle Paul about gifts uh, is, is that for you and I to be able to see better. And maybe that's what we need to ask God for in 2022, to be able to see better, uh, be able to see the value, dignity, and worth of others better. I mean, I, I think that is also a spiritual discipline and a spiritual journey. And perhaps it could be a prayer for somebody who's listening, and that is, Lord, help me to see as you see. The people that we disagree most vehemently with, they are beloved children of God. They are the apple of God's eye in the same way that you and I are the apple of God's eye. And so what we begin to do is, is, is see less as, as, as the way you know, you know we see and, to ask, and begin to see better as God sees, to see through the eyes and through the mind of Christ. We hear in another place, Paul says, take the mind of Christ, right? So, so the mind and, and the seeing of Christ begins to help us see the value in other people. I mean, this is, this is the worst part about the way in which many of us are socialized is that we see people as commodities or, or things to be leveraged, used, manipulated. Uh, we see people as uh, stair steps on the way to where we want to go. Uh, we are comfortable with other people's uh, lack uh, on the way to our abundance. And so when we do these things, which we do and all societies do uh, and uh, large groups and small groups do, um, then what we begin to do is develop a coarse society, a blind society. And we, we, we cease to see the value uh, in people. Um, and so we only see value in people if they are of some utility uh, to us. And this is not the way that Christ sees. If you, if you want to challenge that idea, uh, go back to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and, and look at who Jesus sees, who other members of the community have chosen not to see, and if they see them, to not acknowledge their value, worth, and dignity. Jesus does this. He brings God's seeing uh, to the ground in Galilee. He sees the dignity in people. Uh, he sees uh, not only their struggle, their journey, uh, but he sees possibility uh, and promise in them. And uh, he gives them the benefit of being able to see them. It's amazing how people respond to Jesus, and it's amazing how people respond to us. And, you know, if communication is 70% nonverbal, then people know something of the way we think about them uh, before we ever open our mouth. Mm -hmm. And so the work is ours to begin to ask God, say, hey, God, I'd love to see how you see. I think this is the spiritual cha challenge for us. So what then of problematic cancerous? And I, <laughs> and I mean, I, you know, like sometimes there's just real conflict caused yeah. by jerks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm just saying, so what then Bishop, what, how is, how is one or a community of faith or a community, any, any community to handle people within the community who are just cancerous. Yeah. So, I mean, <clears throat> of course, um, we can't go too far down this road without, uh, you know, some specifics in, you know, of, of a community, but it's been my experience that, uh, you know, uh, when people are actually injurious to a community, 
uh, actually uh, toxic, harmful, hurtful, uh, and present danger to community, then obviously that conversation needs to get nuanced and, and switched around a little bit. But when we're talking about people whose who's view, whose speaking, whose uh, way to be uh, causes the community difficulty, then uh, one has to wonder how can that community apply spiritual maturity to that situation? Um, you know, one of the ways that we do do it, which is uh, only exacerbates the situation, is we avoid difficult conversations, right? And so part of finding giftedness in the community is to find out who has capacity for difficult conversations. You know, uh, when I think about this conversation, I think about the church, and I think about uh, the ways in which communities uh, try to be something called nice. I don't know what the hell nice is. Nice does not appear in the Bible. Uh, Telling the truth in love appears in the Bible. Kindness appears in the Bible. And so one wonders if we don't have a bit of a codependent relationship in a lot of these communities with toxic behavior, toxic talk, uh, and, uh, and the silence or the cowardice of, uh, of the community to begin to try to address that. And so, you know, it, it, is, it, is a, it is a deep and highly nuanced and layered kind of uh, conversation that we're trying to have right now. But one has to wonder again, what are the gifts that exist in this community that can be applied to difficult situations? Uh, it's been my experience in lots of different conversations that there are people who have the exact right gift or the gift of generosity or loving or writing notes uh, or buying lunch or creating spaces that begin to invite people out of, you know, uh, really calcified behavior, which is harmful. And then, of course, it needs to be said, sometimes uh, the gift of being able to disinvite people is also a gift that is in the community that sometimes, I would say rarely, but sometimes needs to be utilized. And so, you know, let us not get too far afield here, but let us just realize uh, if we, what would it be like to lean first on the giftedness of community? What would it be like uh, to begin to take a community giftedness uh, inventory? You know, what are the gifts in front of us? A lot of times uh, we have or others have uh, uh, pushed round pegs into square holes you know, wouldn't it be wonderful uh, that in the church and in these Christian communities that we began to take our time and to invite people out of those situations and into, hey, what is your giftedness? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I have found in conversations with people that a lot of stuff is compacted down into us and that for good reasons, practical reasons, convenient reasons, we haven't let a, a, a wonderful side of how God made us to flourish. Here, Paul wants to uh, invite people out of the corners of the community and to lift up the fact that each of us have a gift. Bishop, have you seen a good inventory, a good spiritual practice inventory, or have you seen, is there an example of organizations or community spiritual inventory that you've seen work well? Yeah, I, I mean, in a number of leadership um, adventures I've had, you know, trainings, et cetera, you know, there's a number of, of, um, of, of gift identifiers mm-hmm. uh, out there. And I think you could Google, people could Google those and, and those could help find them. But I think, again, we ought to start uh, with ourselves to know what, what is the part that you and I play, right? And so I think this is one of the uh, pieces of evidence of spiritual maturity. And that is, is that, that uh, after, I'm, for me, I'm 57, soon to be 58. After these many years, nearly six decades of being me, 
uh, and being in community with other people, I have a, a clearer sense of the part that I play, you know, in the community um, and, uh, and try to leverage that more often and try to stay out of other people's lanes. Right. And, and, and let me just say, let me just say this, this can all sound so rigorous and, 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 uh, and maybe, um, uh, you know, not fun, but let me tell you why this is a good conversation to have and a good uh, opportunity for our reflection is because if you want to experience joy, Joy comes in a community that you are sort of, you have counterparts and partners uh, in achieving a purpose, a goal. And so what I have realized uh, is that my joy goes up uh, when I bring my gift and lay it beside other people's gifts. That's when I have experienced a lot of joy in, uh, you know, in community. Uh, I was uh, uh, the rector, uh, the senior pastor of a church many years ago and uh, went on sabbatical. And what I realized when I went on sabbatical and came back is that the church had continued to grow. Uh, and, uh, you know, so it wasn't about me, praise the Lord. It was actually about God and the Holy Spirit, right? So I could sort of dethrone my ego. Uh, and, uh, and, and someone, a very insightful lay person, person who had the gift of discernment, right, of reflection, came up to me and just sort of welcomed me back to the community from sabbatical and said, you know, we have a clear idea now of what you bring to this community. What you do is your glue here. <laughs> what you do is your communicator here. And if you'll do those things, we'll do the rest. And I can tell you the next four years of being a senior pastor in that community were among my most joyful because I had a sense that it was not on me. The weight of the world, the weight of this community was not on me, but my gifts were laid beside other people's gifts. And we actually enjoyed a next level of flourishing. And uh, it was because this person helped me to see my contribution to this particular community. That's great. Bishop, thank you for sharing. And listeners, thank you for listening to Four People. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Bishop Rob Wright. Please subscribe, leave a review, and we look forward to being back with you next week.